Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with guest narrator, Stephen Dexter. Welcome to Audiobook Lovin'. Stephen, how are you doing today? I'm great, Viviana. Thank you very much. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, your name has come up a lot when I, when I've had conversations with like, hey, who should I, you know, who should I chat with? And they're like, Stephen, Stephen, I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> good money well spent. <laughs> yes, you do have your fans, which is good. Um, why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating and how you got started. Okay. Um, well, I am from uh, a small town in Connecticut. It was actually, it, it's not even a town. It's a, it's a borough. Um, and uh, I went to uh, school. I went to undergrad in Connecticut, but uh, always knew that I wanted to get into uh, acting and everything. And, and it wasn't until for, for the longest time, it was just about making people laugh and getting attention. And then it was in college when I started doing like serious plays I really saw the amount of work uh, and the other sides of of um, the power of of theater and of acting and of not and and of yeah getting more out of it than just hey they're looking at me and listening to me. Uh, so then uh, I decided to save up and and move to New York City and I went to drama school for three years at the Stella Adler Studio, and um, and then the in towards the end of my last year, my three-year uh, program, th- uh, two representatives from Audible, uh, producer, and then one of their veteran narrators, who I don't remember her name, uh, they came and did a uh, a workshop, and they had told us that like you know I had heard of Audible because of just they're just everywhere, and even then this was in 2012. Uh, their ads were everywhere. I'd never really listened to audiobooks all that much since, you know, I was a little kid and it was actually like on a cassette tape. And then it was just like Disney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it, it really, really intrigued me uh, because I love reading. I love reading. And, and, and we put such, uh, they put such an emphasis on voice and speech at the school that I went to. Uh, so we were, re- you know, really, really uh, highly trained. And, and so that's why these representatives were there. They said, you know, we're, we're, we're really expanding and we'd like to look at uh, this market of, of, of recent uh, drama school graduates, especially schools that have a, a renowned uh, voice and speech program. So they did their workshop and I just, I kept like volunteering as much as I could to like read the sides. Cause I'm like, oh, this is like based, this, this could be a, a mock audition. Uh, slash audition and uh, got up there as much as I could, ask as many questions as I could. Uh, and then afterwards went and talked to the producer and got his card uh, and then got a, a an audition and they sent me sides of, I mean, he, he knew my voice. So I think they, I don't know if they still do it this way, but they, you know, you kind of send in like little samples, like, okay, they kind of get used to where your sound would best be suited, but then also to try a little bit of uh, of diversity to see how versatile you are. And so he gave me a nonfiction, he gave me sci-fi, and I think he gave me a biography of Abraham Lincoln. So he gave me these like little sides and then I went into their headquarters in Newark 
and did them. And he gave me some notes and everything and said, this is kind of how it is. And he basically hired me on the spot. And then I think within, it wasn't very long, maybe like a month or two, I had my first uh, book, which was a business nonfiction called The uh, Reluctant Entrepreneur, which was about like growing your business and everything. And then from there, I got a sci-fi book and then I got uh, like a coming of age book. And then I left uh, the country actually to go do a play in Japan for four months. And when I came back, uh, there was a like a little bit of a dry spell. I thought that I would pick up where I left off with Audible. Uh, and also at this point, I was still very, very green. I thought that Audible was the only game in town. I thought that if you weren't getting audiobooks from Audible, you you weren't getting audiobooks. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know that all these other publishers, which it's it's blown up oh, since yeah. the industry has really blown up. They all have their own, you know, kind of studios now. Audible was is still kind of, you know, they it all ends up there, but they're not the only ones producing. Um, and so it took a little while uh, for me to kind of like say, I'm back, I'm back, and I'd love to, you know, get back in the booth and everything. And because once I got back from from doing the play, I was working at a, at a restaurant again, as a lot of actors do. Uh, and they gave me a romance, which I was like, wow, I, uh, okay, I'd never read romance recreationally. Uh, and obviously up to that point, I had never done a, an audiobook romance and it became a pretty big hit. And then from then on, so that was probably 2014, I think. So from then on, I've, uh, yeah, been working pretty steadily for Audible and a lot of other different publishers and predominantly in, in contemporary romance. Mm -hmm. Isn't it awesome how when you discover, oh, there's other options. Yeah. Um, it's like a world opens up from, you know, from the Simon and Schuster to Penguin have their own, yep. then Blackstone, Dreamscape, now Podium. There's a bunch of other ones too that are. Yep. And there's such a, there's some amazing uh, indie yes publishers that get some amazing because a lot of times these these authors you know like they they don't get the best deal mm -hmm. um because they don't have maybe the biggest audience yet so obviously to make you know if if, if writing is what they do for a living you want to get as, as much as you can from it and have the most control over your product they they there's some uh, like amazing authors that i've gotten to work with like, with huge fan bases through these indie publishers mm -hmm. it's not that they couldn't they couldn't work and, and sell their stuff to these these people, but they're just like, no, I like the smaller area of just like I can get the books out there and 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 have more of a connection and and like I said, like have more of a a say in who's cast and and the marketing and all that sort of thing. So it's it's great. It doesn't you know there's no there 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 are even some aspects of like the the bigger ones that I don't like mm -hmm. as a as opposed to you know working with the the indie ones where you get you you have a little bit more independence and and agency um than you would necessarily if you're working with a where, where there's people constantly like look you know looking over your shoulder and critiquing things you start to get <laughs> like a i can't i can't do anything without them stopping me <laughs> mm -hmm. oh gosh yeah and when you're in the middle of something you're going really seriously yeah 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 well, I think that's also the the perk I, of working more with indies is that you may, you have a smaller group of the teams, but also have that ability to maybe connect with the authors if you had a question regarding yes. the character's intent or the character where it's going, things you know that are important for you to be able to perform. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you and it's 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 a lot easier to then cultivate relationships. Yeah, 
that way and and stick with them. Like there've been a lot of, uh, there've been a lot of authors that I've worked with through, through Audible, uh, Penguin Random House, McMill, you know, like the, the bigger um, Blackstone and Tantor uh, that I've, that I've developed relationships with that have then gone on to like, you know, you, you get hired like, like in any acting job, you find a writer who really likes you and then they'll keep hiring you things like that. But the most, um, I think the strongest relationships have come from, yeah, those indie where you just have this, it's, 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 it's like, it's social at this point. Like they're mm -hmm. friends of mine, they're acquaintances, as opposed to just, I only hear from them when there's a job. Yeah. You know, but, so it's nice. Mm -hmm. It is very nice. And the readers too, and the listeners, um, I think have also started to be part of that community. Um, that when it comes down to like recommendations and the authors will reach out to some of their listeners and say, Hey, you know, I have this audiobook that I'm thinking about casting, any suggestions? And mm -hmm. then we have a list <laughs> of potential. Yeah. Oh, I've seen those I've seen <laughs> on the, in the Facebook groups. Yep. I've mm -hmm. seen simple one line questions that get yeah. 400 answers in 30 minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. It is. Yeah. That was one of the things that I was so, so surprised is that. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm, you're always as, as an actor, I feel like looking for, for stimulation and, and challenges and things like that and ways to grow, uh, and, and expand. Um, and so when the, when, a, when this romance novel came in, I was like, oh, okay. Again, I've, I have no experience with that. I, you know, I was like, I, I it was kind of in the, in the wake of, um, uh, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey. So the romance thing, like contemporary was kind of really, really coming back into like the mainstream, this like, for lack of a better term, like acceptance. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's not just, you know, Fabio <laughs> on the cover with the sweeping calligraphy and, you know, things like that. It's it's real and, and it's and it's okay. It's not like taboo. Um, there's really good writing and there's really good characters. It's And it's not, it's not just, pornography you know I mean? <laughs> oh yes i god i hate that term mommy yeah. porn no 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 so yeah. but but i had no idea until this book it was um hothouse flower by krista and becca ritchie that uh it, how big the fan base was i had no idea that it like rivals sci-fi Mm -hmm. As far as the number of number of people that are interested and just so incredibly passionate about it, that these these characters, you know, which then it it goes, you know, it can go back and forth when when it goes from the page to your ear. A lot of times, it 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 exceeds the the reader's expectations, the fans' expectations, and other times it it falls short. Which I've noticed, which which is a lot when when anything I feel like is adapted, because essentially we are kind of adapting it to another medium, even though we're reading it, it's it's we're giving it our own, you know, we're making choices and and obviously we have our our voices for the protagonist, like our natural voices or whatever, the the lead voice, and then the choices that we make for for secondary characters, supporting characters. Um, a lot of times it doesn't match up. So it's it's interesting just to see when you when when you read that like you know oh my god that's exactly what i heard in my head or no mm -hmm. he sounds she sounds nothing like what i thought <laughs> you know it's, yeah well it's, it's so fun. susceptive you know we yeah. have our own thoughts and like you know some of us when we read we see a movie or we listen it's almost like or when we're reading we hear the voices especially if we know who's been cast like i yeah. already have 
uh, like a lot of your you guys is uh, voices in the head kind of like in your cadences and so if I'm reading a book and I know that you're narrating it I already hear you in my head kind of freaky but okay um <laughs> But it, and it, you know, for some that works, others is like, oh no, that was just wrong casting. Or sometimes the uh, the character is supposed to be twenty, but he sounds older. And then you yeah. have other listeners that are like, well, I had friends that sounded like they were smoking cigarettes for twenty years; they were only eighteen. Yeah. Um, so it's it's so subjective. It's objective, um, which is also why we love the romance genre because there's something for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once you've been cast for a book, mm-hmm. what's your prep process like? Um, well, I, I first, I like to reach out to the, to the author, uh, and get as much information as I can. Um, because that's the person that I obviously want to please first and please the most, because like I said, having such a love of, of literature myself and, and being a writer myself, I know that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a very vulnerable thing and it's, and it's, it's your child that you're putting out. And so I want to make sure that I, I do my best to, as we uh, adapt it to this other form, I'm I'm as true to the visions. Just, you know, just like you, you know, just like you said when you're listening, when people are writing, they hear a voice. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times, I'll get, you know, he sounds like, you know, a famous actor or something like that. Like they'll, do, and I'll be like, oh, okay, okay. Obviously, I'm not going to do a impersonation, but I'll try to capture that essence uh, of who that person is. Um, I try to get as much as I can and ask as many questions as I can. Uh, usually, you know, authors, and it's become more and more, they kind of do it automatically. Uh, well, they'll, they'll, ju- they'll just give tons of information. I've had like character Bibles and I like as much as possible, you know, huge spreadsheets where it's, you know, where the person grew up and all that, you know, it's, it's so incredibly broken down. And it not only is it an incredible help, but it, you know, like just, just like we were talking about, you know, earlier with the quality of your equipment, <laughs> it really shows how much this person cares, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to if it's just like two little descript, you know, a little description about their age and their, you know, age and accent, no accent, but sometimes it goes into these deep, like backstory, not, not like really, really long on a, on a spreadsheet, but, and it, it just like it shows me, wow, this person really, really put so much time and effort and heart into this. Um, so that's always really, really nice. And then next, I will, if I have a co-narrator, which in in, in contemporary romance, a lot of these dual narrations I do, uh, I'll reach out to them because, or or they'll reach whoever gets to the other first, uh, and you try to coordinate with um, uh, voices and trying to. Obviously, I'm not going to sound like you know Savannah Peachwood or, or uh, Summer Morton or something, but I, you know, you try to like say, okay, this is what you're kind of going for. If there's an accent, like they say light, well, what is your idea of a light accent versus mine? And then you kind of like, cause you know, obviously it's, it, it can be a little bit jarring um, when you're going from a male to a female perspective, it's a completely different voice. But if you can kind of, you know, like I was saying before with the, the references, like capture that essence Mm-hmm. that person um that's really good and helps with kind of like the the flow uh of the book uh and then i i'm i i tried when i when i when i first started doing audiobooks i broke down everything the way i would uh a script because essentially that's that's what it is you're you're kind of like doing a monologue you're telling this story so you uh, i i'm utilizing a lot of my acting training and but i found that 
when I would really, really break it down um, the way that I, I do, excuse me, a script, it, it started to stilt my performance a little bit when I would do it because I, I knew what it was kind of predictable and, um, and I have a tendency to, to get a little bit too technically proficient as opposed to natural uh, was something that I, I had issues with when I was, when I was being trained. So what I've kind of done recently is I, I, you know, and recently is in several years now, uh, I don't usually read the book very thoroughly ahead of time um, because I like to be, I, I, I obviously know the plot, the major plot points and shifts I've coordinated with um, the author to make sure that I, I get everything uh, about these characters, right? So it's like the characters I will build ahead of time, but then I'm completely surprised when the, I put them in the situation because I just feel like it, it, it adds a, a level of, of spontaneity. Um, sometimes I'm, you know, really, really surprised by something, or I'll get to a certain point and realize, okay, you know what? I didn't see that coming. So I'll go back mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll read something again. Cause I'm like, well, if it ends up here, then I can't do that. This part this way, I have to, you know, kind of go back and adjust. So, but it's never, it's never, you know, anything major. Um, and I found that that's, that's really worked for me. Uh, and again, you, you obviously go to the authors, go to the, to the, to the fans and the listeners and, and see what they're saying and things like that. And if, and if it works, if the author's coming back and, and, and is very, very grateful, if the, if the fans are very happy, uh, if I feel good and confident with, with the work that I uh, put in, then it's, uh, it's one of those in like, I, I don't really feel a need to change it. Um, which is interesting because I, I think I might be in the minority. I don't know. I've never, I haven't talked to a lot of narrators about their process. Uh, but uh, I know there are a couple that, and I, I kind of like, okay, you know, so like golden, you know, not narrator, uh, audible hall of fame narrators that don't read the book ahead of time, but do obviously do their prep work. So they're not, you know, caught off guard with, uh, oh my God, he's, he has an English accent. I didn't know that till page 300. <laughs> You know, like, you, oh, that's you know, happened. It, it has, ha you know, I feel like it's happened to everybody once where you're like, ah, let me just, especially with supporting characters. Yes. You just be mm -hmm. like, ah, whatever. And then, you know, <laughs> you get to the end of the book and I couldn't, and you know what? I could never stand your Irish brogue. And you're like, oh, damn it. Why did I, I gave him a Midwest, like, ah, you know, it's happened to everybody. And, and, and you, you know, you learn the hard way. You got to go back and now do every line Irish. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's so, so that's usually what I do. And then again, it's, it's, it's nice for me to, uh, then be just surprised a lot of times if I don't, if I don't get a lot of information from the author, then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go through and pick out, you know, characters, especially if it's a book that's all me, uh, I'll go through and pick out the characters and basically what I do is get an get a sense of that character and the best way for me uh, you know obviously mark an accent if they have that that's very important mark an age if they have that uh profession is also a big one um and what 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 i do is i'll i'll like i said with, with sometimes authors do i'll put an actor that i know and sometimes rather than have write a huge huge long backstory i'll just write you know, uh, Oscar Isaacs, uh, Paul Giamatti, Helen Mirren, 
you know, and I'll just, mm-hmm. and I, I, like I said, I, I don't do impersonations of that person, but it's that kind of what they bring uh, to a role is, is what I'm trying to capture. And that's a huge help because you just kind of go in rather than write out these descriptors because, you know, again, it could be a little bit different when you're like, oh, I said gr- gruff and and slimy or, but what, what did that say? You know, so what you that sound like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but if it, but if, if I write, you know, uh, Alan Rickman, uh, you know, or like, yeah. <laughs> like Severus Snape, like, oh, okay, boom. Mm-hmm. I know that. I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the questions that I was going to ask was about how you go about selecting how the characters are going to sound and their tones, because you also only have a certain range within your voice. And I know that guys, especially the deeper the tone, the, the voices, they can only go so high, they can, they can go a little lower, but that also hurts on the voice. Yeah. You know, especially when you're doing it for so long, um, for many hours in the booth and things like that, that you're going, oh, ouch, drinking your teas and just not talking to anybody for a few days yeah. <laughs> to, to recoup. So yeah, it's uh, it's good to have those notes, like you were saying, as far as the Slytherin. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, but then, uh, like you said, it's so important to make sure that like, if, if, if you're going to go, you know, really, really raspy, or you're going to go, you know, really high or something, you, you know, obviously they tell you like, never, ever do that. If it's the protagonist, Mm -hmm. never do that. If it's the third person narrator, I don't know why you would, but like, you know, you know, because you don't want to be sitting in a booth for depending on how long your sessions can be like five, six hours at a time doing a voice that's shredding your your vocal cords but sometimes for for supporting characters where you know you go through and you're like okay this character doesn't really come back so i can do like a you know crusty the clown it's like a really really bad you know if it's like an alien or something that that's yeah like really you're like okay i can (laughs) i'll do i can do that because it's not for very long they're only in this one scene or two scenes um but yeah, it's it's again it, that that's where like the preparation of just knowing what's coming and making decisions that you're like okay, that's 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 a really cool sounding voice, but can you sustain that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but also even with series, have you started asking the authors or when you get uh, from the production company, is this the first book in the series, and how many books are there in the total? Because sometimes that secondary waitress. Um, <laughs> Yeah. In book one is now all of a sudden the heroine in book 15 yeah. <laughs> or four. Yeah. That's important too, because you don't want to make them sound bubbly and very Valley girl, for an example, because she was just that one or two lines. And then all of a sudden you're going, oh shit, I have to do that for an entire book. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times you can, you know, the, the yeah, you want to make sure this it's first and foremost, like something that's not grading to the listener, even if it's really easy for you to do. Uh, you don't want, you want something that people can like listen to, especially when, you know, you could be, you're right inside their head, literally, if they're in an earbud Mm -hmm. and they could be trying to sleep, you know, (laughs) I mean, you don't want to like do something where it's like, where they, it totally, I remember when I, when I did my audition, uh, one of the, you know, you fill out like, like an application and you submit your resume and everything. And, 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 and they ask like, what kind of character voices can you do? So I was just kind of going from, well, what I, I used to love doing character voices and, and goofy cartoon voices when I was little. And there were some that even after my voice changed, I could still kind of do. But I remember the, the producer saying, so just, you know, just so you know, these are really, really funny. And he even had me do some of them. Um, 
that you will need to have, you know, an incredible, like a wide array of voices, but this isn't animation. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't like a cartoon show. This is, you know, you have, you have your narrator voice and then you have these voices that it's a, it's not a half hour show on Cartoon Network. Uh, you know, so it's, so just so you know, which, which was more of like, I was like, oh, that's kind of nice to know that I can kind of always stay in my, in that range. And I mean, I'm sure that, you know, you know, like some of the best of the best, it's just the subtlest change, but it, but it, but they stick to it. And it's, and it's so good that, that even when it's, when it's going from a male to a female, and I've heard narrators where it's, it, you know, I have my own way of, of doing it. And obviously that changes as the, the, the characters, the, 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 the personalities are different, but um, uh, I'm listening to, uh, to a version of Frankenstein right now, as I go to sleep and the narrator, when he does like a female's voice, he just goes up ever so slightly, but I, but I believe it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, and he, and, and he go and it, so he'll go from the narrator to uh you know, to, to Victor Frankenstein or the monster and, and, and a woman's voice. And it really doesn't sound all that different, but I, I am hearing four different people or three different people. Yeah. And it's just sometimes the most slightly change in cadence or a little bit of a higher tone. You also, yep. all, a lot of you guys have your regular talking voice that we normally get when we're doing these kind of chats. And then all of a sudden you flip the, the the switch and it becomes a little bit more formal and now you're doing I'm like oh he switched to no narrator voice okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that helps <laughs> it's so funny when you you know when when uh, I, I remember you know because it's 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 <laughs> it's rare uh because we do such a lot of times an isolated profession you know we're in these little boxes that yes we're talking a lot on email and social media and things like that but we don't really see each other a lot mm-hmm um, and it's unfortunate that that uh, I guess they did APAC this year, but it was all virtual. Yeah, but I always, always look forward to that um, because it's it's a way for us to like, oh, my God, you're real. <laughs> and, and and I don't know if I've met anyone in person who sounds exactly like they do in, in their work. Like I you talk to and I'm like, oh, my God, you're so, but they're saying the same thing about me. Mm-hmm. We're just so you know, you're so animated, especially in contemporary romance. You know, because there's a lot you 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 have this like there's this intimacy. So like I'm sure if I was, you know, if I was in like a a library, you know, with Aaron Mallon or Andrew Aiden or you know Zach Weber, like yeah, we'd be talking to each other very similar to the way we read, <laughs> we perform. But when you're at like you know the boat basin drinking tequila and wine, not at the same time, you know, not mixed together, but you're like, oh my god, you sound completely different. It's, it's really funny. It, it is. And I know that a lot of the narrators have started to attend conventions, hint, hint, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of meeting a few of them. Um, I think there was in a, in Washington, D.C., we went to a, a Polycon a few years ago. I think it's now been three years. And I'm like, wow, time flows. Mm-hmm. And I got to meet Savannah Peachwood and Emma Wilder and oh. got to hang out with Andy. And I still heard them narrating, narrating voice. But at the same time, there was moments where, like you were saying, I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is your just chilly voice. Got it. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's like any, I love watching. I used to, I used to love, um, you know, when I would listen to radio and then see the person's face uh, or when I would, you know, I, like I said, I loved, I, I, I loved cartoons on Nickelodeon and, and things like that. And, and, and even to this day, like, you know, Cartoon Network cartoons and Fox and uh, to actually see them 
uh, speaking in their normal voice. You'd never like, that's, that's the thing that, that they say, there's been some great documentaries, mm-hmm. like you'd never know. But then the guy says, but if I went, oh, then you're like, oh my God, you're SpongeBob. <laughs> um, I remember it was so funny. It was, uh, it was, um, I think Tom Hanks was on uh, the Ellen show and, you know, Tom Hanks is Woody and Ellen is Dory. And I remember they said like, well, what I usually do is because when I talk, you know, when I meet kids, they don't believe it. So I say, close your eyes. Mm-hmm. And then they speak as Woody. With the, it's still the same thing, but they're like, close your eye and picture Woody. And then they start speaking. And it was so funny. I remember watching that episode and Tom Hanks was like, so everybody, everybody in the audience. And I'm like, oh my, I can't believe I'm doing this. But I closed my <laughs> eyes and I heard a conversation between Woody and Dory. Yes, yes. I saw that episode, loved it. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> So fun. it's like you know and that and their voices aren't all that different but you're, they are playing a, a character and when you channel you're like okay i'm seeing woody in his hat and dory you know, yeah circles yeah it's amazing it's, it is and sometimes you guys do get recognized for the voice too there's been some um because they're the, the voice is very distinct because either the baritone or there's some form of a cadence and stuff like that and, and i know that in other cases it's been not because of the cult talking, but it's just how they said a word and they're going, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've been I've been at when I've done like other interviews, been asked to say certain words or use a certain accent or something if that's popular with the yeah, and it's it's funny. It's it's but but then it, <laughs> there's a part of it, and I know that a lot of narrators are very um, you know, obviously there are a lot of uh pseudonyms mm-hmm. and uh and that a lot of them are 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 more um you know, private and things like that. They don't, cause they like to maintain the, they don't have really a presence on, uh, on social media. And so you don't really know what they look like. And I really, I like that kind of idea. I, it's not really, it's not my personality, but sometimes I think like if people knew what a dork I am, would that ruin <laughs> a lot of the, <laughs> I'm laughing because I know some of you guys and I'm yeah. going, oh, if they only knew exactly. what of a dork they yeah, were. Exactly. So many of us are so, I, I remember, you know, like uh, meeting people <laughs> that, you know, uh, was it, when I met Andrew uh, Iden and he had like popsicles on his shirt. <laughs> it was just such an, but we really like hit it off and like mm-hmm. people, and then especially, you know, the, the APAC parties and the naughties, Johnny Heller and Scott yep. and 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 Hillary Huber, like all those those amazing people. Dion Graham is always there. Like you, you start, you know, you have a few cocktails and everything and you're like, oh, my God. But they're just there's such so such an amazing people. It's such an amazing community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think also, too, when it comes down to. The anonymity and and being able to use our imagination when it comes down to not knowing what you look like mm-hmm. is that it helps when it comes down to the character being six foot three blonde and green exactly. eyes and things like that. And when you know what you, you're like, oh, okay. But then at the same time you're listening. So you can give that, I don't care what you look like right now. You're Irish and thank you. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it helps out from there, but there's a lot of, you know, good things for that whole anonymity stuff. Like I said, it's, it's all of you guys are, are gamers and you know, awesome individuals but also very dorky poo and then you're doing all these steamy hot erotica scenes and everybody's like oh my god when he says that word and you're going oh babe if you only knew (laughs) so it's fun you mentioned accents and 
I did because we are suckers for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have an array because you can do things from like PR British to uh, Southern and Russian and all this other stuff. Which mm-hmm. is your favorite to perform? Um, I really like I really like the Southern accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like you know like the more soft soft R kind of like Georgia. But I like the Texas harder. Um, it, it it's fun for me because it it is kind of like such a departure. Like I said, being for, you know, from Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. It's, it's such a, a departure for me. I really feel like I'm, I'm, I, I am kind of a, a different person. Uh, and it's also, it's, there's such an ease to it that I, I feel like I can relax a lot more into it uh, than even when I'm doing my, um, you know, and I'm just using my normal accent neutral i guess you'd say uh speaking speaking with the southern accent there's just such a there's such a like musicality it's like a not peaceful river for me um so that's 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 fun sometimes when you again when you have to like sit in a booth for a long long time to just have this kind of like relaxation you can um and and, and again it's it's all it's always up it, it it's it's up to the author, as far as how thick they want it, uh, you know, do you want like real, like, you know, born, born and bred, you know, like deep, deep, like Kentucky, uh, or do you want like somebody that is maybe from Texas, but doesn't really, you know, cause especially like the younger generations, it's TV and music. And then they go, you know, you go off to college somewhere and, and, and you lose it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want just that like little hint? And I kind of like it in, in between, uh, because you can also like, you know, you can drop the G's at the end of ING words. There's a lot of like, just ease to it. Um, and then especially when they get into like, you know, their, the, the idioms, if they're really, if the author's really, really playing into the Southern aspect, if it's not like a fish out of water, like it's a guy from, uh, you know, Mississippi in New York, but if it's like, you know, like right now I'm, I'm working on the bootleg springs series for Claire Kingsley and, and Lucy score, I'm finishing that up. And so it takes place, you know, in, in bootleg spring in Virginia. And so you get uh, West Virginia and um, you get the whole town, you get to like, just really, really have fun and create these, these characters and give it different degrees of it. And yeah, I think that's probably my favorite. I really like, I haven't been able to do it all that much unless it was my choice to do it. Uh, I haven't done it as a, as a protagonist, but I really like Irish, the Irish accent, uh, like Dublin, Dublin mm-hmm. Irish, um, and 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 kind of like South South London. Uh, it, it, I I think it's Cockney is like the I don't know if that's the proper term for it anymore. More, but that one's fun. Mm-hmm. The Southern yeah. one, it's that uh, it's always very interesting because there's a difference between Savannah, Georgia. So yeah. And yeah. if you're from a native from Atlanta versus Atlanta yeah, <laughs> and then Texas. Yep. And then with Texas, I always, I, I have family there, mm-hmm. but they were born and raised in Connecticut. Oh, wow. So, which is, uh, <laughs> so now I, you know, they lived there since I think, you know, 10, eight, seven, stuff like that. And okay. now when you talk to them, they have a little bit of a Southern Texans thing when they yeah. talk. And I'm going, y'all are from Connecticut. 
Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, we've lived here most of our lives. I'm like, okay. So that little thing. And that's the other thing too. When I go visit them, I pick up the accents. Oh yeah. Quickly. And I'm like, Oh, Viv, don't do that because it could be misconstrued as making fun. And I just, I just pick it up. Same thing when I visit Savannah, you know, Yeah. and I still say car that one time I went to Boston. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's hard, you know, cause it's fun when you, when you feel like you don't necessarily have, have one. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it, I mean, I guess it kind of goes the other way. I, I feel like maybe people from the South, they, they, I mean, I, I have friends that, uh, you know, and I'm sure, you know, you know, people too, where it's, they, they, it's the opposite. They, grew they don't up like it. Yeah. In the south, And they go, but, but they talk to you in the Northeast and they feel like, you know, or, or just because you're just, you, that, I mean, the way you develop the accent in the first place is just as a little kid, mm-hmm. that's what you hear. Um, where they, where they, but then when they go home, it's like they're speaking another language. Mm-hmm. It's I, you know, at friends for I was like, I had no idea you were from South Carolina. But then I'll watch like this, you know, they'll post a video on on uh, on Facebook of them with their family, all their South Carolina Carolina family, like at Christmas, and they have like the thickest accent. I have I there's a woman who I know who lives in in Kingston, New York. She was a stage manager uh who's from new orleans and it and i had no idea i thought oh for sure she's like born and raised in new york uh because it's also like it's just her like her personality but then she we 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 did a a a workshop thing and we went away up into the 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 mountains of vermont to work on this play and we were all sitting around this table like drinking wine and she was had a new or like a really thick new orleans accent that's what we thought we thought she was she was joking but she's like, no, she's like, my, my neutral is my, is the act. <laughs> she's like, this is how I really, ah, oh, it was, yeah, it's yeah. so funny. Or sometimes when people get upset and pissed off, yes, the yeah. accent comes out. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's, That's happened to that you, way. huh? <laughs> yeah. When they argue, oh my uh-huh. God. I mean, you see that sometimes in movies, I think, especially with English actors. Mm-hmm. They're doing a neutral. I, I I love it when uh, when uh, I uh, who's really good Jude Law and Gary Oldman. If you listen, when they get really when they start yelling or get really emotional and they're like crying, they slip and they'll go into their English accent. Mm-hmm. It's so funny where you see like yeah, it's something about you activate where your brain's like I'm not thinking about this anymore. I'm <laughs> yeah, the mad. code switching it just happens. Yeah, like yeah. I'll switch into Spanish and then in the, they all know it's oh, yeah. <laughs> really pissed when the Argentinian accent comes out. Yeah, and you're going oh no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baludos, and all these other words are coming out. They're like oh damn. Yeah, <laughs> the, the neutral English just is not enough. No, yeah. But that's the other thing too. Sometimes when it's when it comes down to other languages, there's more ways to say the similar things. And yes, yes. you know, same thing with um with uh you know the dialogues and the dialects in you know, like you were saying the south. You yep. know, instead of saying you're an idiot, is like bless your heart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so same thing yep. in Spanish and other languages, there's just so many different ways to say the same thing, yeah, and the different variances. Yeah, so, or there's things that just aren't trans that they're not translatable. Oh, yeah. My my grandmother is uh, is Czechoslovakian and and when yeah that's when we knew she was really mad. <laughs> she would say things to us and I, they could have been swears maybe that's why she was like no there's no translation for it. 
I should ask her now. I should say, what did that really mean? Yeah, or or talk to her and just record it, her saying it, and then go to Google, see what this means. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she'll still be, because that's how family is. They'll probably still say, no, there's just no translation. And you're going, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's a check. There's no, I can't break it down. And then I, yeah, look it up on Google Translate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Those are always my- fun. <laughs> Yeah. You have one more fucking cookie, but all we heard was, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. There's also just sometimes where those different levels of, like we have in Spanish, the different levels of love, like I care for you, I love you, I adore you, things like that. But the same thing for different levels of dumbassness and stupidity. Yeah. And so like in in Chilean, it's like, no sea huevon, like don't be an egg, which is hilarious when you do it in English. Don't be yeah. an egg. Yeah. <laughs> But it's one of those things where, yeah, we all have like the, the different expressions where it's like, what the hell does that mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, but if you say it in that language, mm-hmm. yeah, I had yeah. a, I, I had a, uh, uh, a manager who I absolutely loved when I, at, at the restaurant that I worked at when I first moved to New York, who was uh, Puerto Rican and the things that he would say when he got mad <laughs> and that, and it's the thing that you don't, you don't. I mean, I, I took, you know, four years of Spanish in, in high school. So there are a lot of things that I understand, but there's things that I don't, but you understand the intention mm-hmm. and the context. So it's like, I, he would say things and I'm like, he would he'd say, do you know what that means? And I'd be like, I do, I don't, but I do. Please don't tell me what it actually means. <laughs> Cause I know some of those words. And if I put them together, it's, it's really, really funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Say, like under his breath or he would yeah it was really funny mm-hmm. like, really frustrated with a customer and I'm like ah I wish I wish that I yeah I, sh- I, sh- I that's what I should do I should talk to my my grandmother and say what were those things in check because sometimes you don't she used to say she told me what this means um she used to say uh Maria Borja Svata Troitsa which basically translates to uh it's based it's basically jesus joseph and mary (laughs) (laughs) so and i still use that because sometimes it's like you know i'll drop i'll break a glass or something and saying like god damn it or it isn't enough right you know so like sometimes there's there's just you need the consonants (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes 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 just so much more emphasis on certain things whether it's like because of the different language you know um a lot of the times it's one of those like make Yes. It's like, you know, stuff like that. And you're going, woo, she really pissed. But I just literally just said, I shit on 10. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have our our sayings, but again, it just sounds so much better. Yeah. Those, you, you, you're able to get out, express your anger because you're hitting those letters, Mm. those syllables. Yeah. Right. place. even if like, yeah, if you, translated into English it's like it's just nonsense <laughs> yes it is yeah but again it's just which is one of the reasons why I love different languages there's just so many ways to say certain things and and even with the English language we it's it can be nice and stuff like that but sometimes you're going mm, how could have I said that better <laughs> yeah yeah that's where you're like I, I'm not a poet yeah mm-hmm. you no know, it's like but no but I do know this in another language so <laughs> yes <laughs> it's kind and- of poetry Exactly. And but that's also when it comes down to romance. It's one of the things that we love when it comes down to the audiobooks is hearing you guys bust out the accents or if the author has written a different language sometimes when yeah. they're in the in the throats of romance, all of a sudden the, the French comes out or other Spanish or whatever comes out and you're going, Ooh, when he said yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> yeah. 
that's always a lot of fun because like I said, like I, I took four years of Spanish. So I love when I can practice that. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it when I, when I worked at that restaurant because I had, I had, I had, I had took, taken four years of it because I, you know, I, I, I loved it so much. And obviously it, it, it comes in very handy uh, and then moved on to, I took two years of Italian uh, and I love both, both of them but I, I'd never really used it until I got to New York city. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, it was so much fun. Cause then it's like, you know, because then I'm working with, with obviously a much more diverse pool of human beings than, than where I came from. So it was cool to be able to utilize that. And then of course, inevitably it gets into dirty talk. <laughs> I learned some of the filthy, like, that's the thing, the, the, oh, the first thing you learn, all the curse yeah, words <laughs> the and, the, and the, and the expression. So that's why, like I was saying with, with my manager, it was so much fun because he could say things and I could say, things. <laughs> or they would take advantage of me and say, Steven, say this. <laughs> you know, they'd say, and, and, and that's the thing is I'm like, I know those words, they're not bad individually. When you put them but together, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I will say it, but it was yeah. It was just. But then every once in a while, there'll be you know either a uh, a Spanish speaking character, um, or it'll be you know, or or it'll you know just be a, whatever the, the the protagonist who is proficient in Spanish mm-hmm. um, or Italian. I love, and so it's nice to just be able to like go back into that and mm-hmm. and and. Yeah, because it, it it is so much fun when you can, yeah, go there and and really utilize that again. Because it's it it's it. I don't get to do it very often. Yeah, did you get a lot of questions about rolling your R's when it came down to Spanish? Uh, from who? Well, like your 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 peers and friends that spoke Spanish, because that's usually some people can do the rolling of the R's, oh, and some can people can't. Oh, okay, that's what I was gonna yeah. ask. Yeah. Yep. No, that that was that was funny. That's why my mom says she flunked it because she couldn't do it. Ah, yeah. She, yeah, but I could. I I remember from from I started in middle school taking foreign language classes, and they were very happy that I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember in high school when we had Spanish classes, they tried to put me in like Spanish for Spanish speakers like events, and I go, no, 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 no. I speak Spanish. I kill it, but it's like conversational. Uh, none of this estrujolas and all that fun stuff. Yeah. But that was one of the things that we love to do with non-native speakers was like, can you roll your R's? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give them the hardest. Give them the, the most double R's. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I tell my, I've, I've done that with my mother. I, I don't do it anymore because it makes her feel bad. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But can you do this? Yeah. <laughs> So what's the um, most difficult or hardest accent for you then? Uh, um, uh, like du- Dutch is hard. Mm-hmm. Dutch, uh, like Netherlands. I've heard mm-hmm. that one. Um, that's difficult. Uh Jeez, I'd probably say that that one. When it comes down to audiobooks, there are a lot of different styles, um, specifically narrating in duet, dual, or solo point of view. Do you have a favorite to do? Um, uh, it 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 depends. Sometimes the dual narration is a lot of fun. Uh, 
I prefer if I'm do if I'm doing romance, I prefer dual narration. That's usually the way it goes. If I do other genres, which I've done like horror, I'm working on a on a horror comedy <laughs> series <laughs> right now. Um, but when I've done in sci-fi, uh, that's that's been a lot of fun because then you know because if it's just you, you don't have to worry about the coordination. Mm-hmm. No, it's really just making sure that like you're honoring like the author and and like you were saying before, like is this a series? Because I'm about to make a really bold choice on this character, <laughs> and if this person comes up as a lead, I don't want to be like you know having to get throat surgery because mm-hmm. I chose this voice in the first book. Um, and that's kind of cool to just kind of do everything. But I have done some romances where it's just been me. And I, I, I'm like, it's it's because so many romances, you know, ro- romance novels are written by women uh, that a lot of times it just it just inevitably becomes f- from the women's point of view. Uh, so there have been some that I've done where I'm like, I really wish this has been a dual narration, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, kind of break break that up a little bit, because it really does seem like it's kind of strange that I as a guy am 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 telling this story that's that is obviously from a woman's point of view. Yeah, there's been some books like that where it's mainly the male point of view, but it's a woman narrating it and we're going, oh, this would have been so much better if we had a guy do it. Exactly. And then vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I do like not- it when there's from the male narration point of view. Yeah. It go it goes it goes both both ways. Um mm-hmm. yeah I've done I've done uh romances by myself where it's it's really very uh smartly spread across it's an ensemble mm-hmm. uh i've done them where yeah it's it's from a male's uh perspective um but then yeah when it when it's from uh when it's from a female's perspective but i'm doing it it's there's like a eh, mm-hmm. i just again not not that like this should have all been a woman but this i think i feel like this should have been a um a dual narration yeah so we could get that broken up but um yeah and duets are starting to be more popular too. They like are. Yeah. Yeah. I I've found that the, yeah, that's that seems to be pretty close to the to the norm. I know it's such a huge and ever expanding uh genre, but it seems like most of them are um yeah, they like they like to get the two the the point two point of views. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's amazing sometimes. It is it's really amazing uh when the book is written by a woman, how much they nail the male point of view. <laughs> uh, and this is something that like I've said, I, I've, I've said before, and you know, I, either to authors themselves, if it was just like, I, I felt I was like, I have to write you an email about how good you are, how accurate you are. Or I've said, you know, like in, in, in other interviews and things like that, where it's like, there's just certain things where you're like, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> it's, you know, it, which, which it, I think, you know, it goes both ways where sometimes, you know, there's men, and, and again, this is what we were talking about of like, like, like expanding. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm sure that, you know, like, you know, when you can tell that it's a man writing a woman or, yeah. or yeah. When you can tell that it's a, it, it's, if it's a TV show or a movie, you know, it's, it, there's just like this point of view where it's like, no, that's not, and, 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 and there's sometimes where, yeah, there, there are, uh, whereas like, you know, I'm, sh- I, I'm sure that you, and, and a lot of my, my, my female, um, uh, actor friends are like, if I could have had a conversation with this guy, 
you know, and say, you've got to, no, we don't think that way. We don't do that. That's not what happened. That, you know, there are certain times where I'm, I'm doing a book and I'm like, that's not what happens. <laughs> that's like, but then there are other times where I read it. And I'm like, my God, this is so, they're inside our head. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this person really, really did their homework. They really must have had a, gotten a, a guy and really had them open up. <laughs> um, you know, open up that, that vault about all of our, not necessarily, you know, like, but just like the, the inner workings of not these like broad strokes. Yeah. But there's a lot of like nuance and little things just like there are with women, which I learn a lot about doing these books, <laughs> <laughs> which it's like, that's, that's something else that I say that, like I say, whenever, if ever, you know, you want to like teach uh, you know, a, 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 a cisgender guy, how to treat a woman properly or what a woman, have them read romance books because you get such an insight into that, into the, to, into the longings and into the insecurities and things like that, that, and into the ways that men take advantage of those things mm -hmm. and the fucked up stuff that men can do. Um, that it's because I said, I have learned so, so, so much from just, you know, again, it's sometimes it's, it, it gives me joy. It, it makes me laugh when it's the male point of view. And it's especially when there's like uh, things about the male anatomy and how it works. Um, and a lot of times that's just euphemisms that are hilarious, mm -hmm. but, uh, but a lot of, but, but then there's things that I'm like, wow, I never would have, you know, I, I hadn't, I had no idea that women, felt that way. And again, it's not, it may not be all women, but I'll, I'll read something and then I'll talk to someone and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, we mm -hmm. do. Or I, or I have, or, you know, things like that. So it's, it's, it's fascinating the kind of like education that you get <laughs> while you're just in this yeah. little box. Well, even as listeners, we, we know the, there's moments where we're listening and reading and we're like, if you guys would have just talked to each other, 10 years would not have passed by. Oh, or just realizing that you have a kink <laughs> that you didn't yeah. know was a kink. <laughs> yeah. There have been so many things where, yeah, it's, I mean, well, the whole, you know, yeah, if you could have just, but that's, that's, that's yelling at your TV. Yeah. On the TV or <laughs> for fuck's sake. Yeah. The movie, like, oh, they couldn't, you know, but, but, but we do that a lot. I'm sure if, you know, you, you go back through your own love life mm -hmm. and you're like, if I, if I had only known that she did, uh, if I only known that he did it, uh, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's, do you get that question a lot though? Like if for your friends and families that know that you read romance, like, Hey, have you learned anything? <laughs> uh, usually inevitably it's like, do you do sex scenes? Uh. Things like that. That's usually the, I mean, if it's a friend or, you know, some, if it's somebody I'm not related to, that's a fun conversation. If it's somebody yeah. I'm related to, I try to... <laughs> I try to just keep it to one or two word answers. I don't mm -hmm. want to really elaborate anything, but um, uh, the question that I get, I think a lot is, yeah, it's about like the sex scenes. Do you, uh, how do you do those? Or do you get turned on mm -hmm. um, when you're doing them? Uh, and the answer is yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's the, the, there's like when to, like to do them, you're 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 obviously doing a job. It's um, as if you know I've done like like intimate scenes on camera, 
and on stage and things like that. Uh, this is obviously a little bit different because I'm in a booth, I'm in a little black box by myself. Um, but you try to obviously take it as seriously as the characters do. Um, and you just try to make it as, as much of like that kind of, that kind of dance as, as you can. And, and then there are just, yeah, there are some times where you, you know, obviously I'm not, I'm not doing anything to myself while I'm reading it, but there are, you know, you, you, and, and you want that just like when you're, when you're um, doing something on camera, like there is an aspect of, I, I'm enjoying this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd go so far maybe as to call it like arousal because of like, there can be connotations with that, but um, you get excited. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the way that, you know, especially when the scenes built are, are written in a way that really, really accurately uh, represents a sexual encounter and it's, and it's ebbs and flows and, and, and things like that. It, it really, you, you kind of like fall into that. Um, what I will say that I have learned that's, that's, been kind of exciting in my <laughs> in my personal life is uh certain activities that I've been like wow I've never tried that before I will have to make a note of that and uh places a lot of times where these scenes take place is like a really kind of you know erotic when when you're like okay that's hmm. again, I'll have to make a note of that <laughs> <laughs> well yeah the the this and then the readers will have conversations where we're like oh yeah that chapter oh i highlighted that and gave that to my partner and yeah. said later tonight yeah. <laughs> some of them though yeah they're 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 written very very mm -hmm. but where it's it's a very natural um you know again i get i get i get hung up uh like a lot of narrators and 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 we get kind of you know vocal about it sometimes it's like uh dialogue tags yeah is not Unless it's unless somebody new enters the room or there's a really specific way that the conversation has changed, like not including he said, she said, mm -hmm. as especially when you're reading, uh, when you're narrating, it's it's like you're you're put you're pushing pause. It's like a little tiny like it's or it's like it's like uh, like like uh, uh, dating myself, but like when you you know, when you would burn songs onto a CD and, and you get that little like, yeah. Yeah, you like get it from Napster and you could tell it was illegal <laughs> mm -hmm. or, or and or subsequently you're downloading, you know, an illegal movie or something and it you get that, that little get, get, or it, you know, it like that's what that's how I equate dialogue tags, especially during sex scenes, because it has to flow. And and typically not always the case because I've done harem, you know, wrote group sex and things like that, but it's two people and and the way that the character you know the author has written you just they just have to trust themselves that they've written two very distinct people you can tell mm -hmm. when the man is talking when the woman is talking or when one man is talking or the other man is talking because i've done you know male male romances before too because they're just so different in the way that they talk and the things they say mm -hmm. um so like that's that's sometimes something that can kind of like throw a little bit of a if if they're if, if there are a lot of like he shits you know see the, the way they say the things like that where i'm like ah oh, because you just want to kind of let it flow yeah well it's even not even on the intimate scenes just when there's dialogue or when there's like that banter that's the other yeah. type of two what i'm finding is when the authors are including because we live in a world of technology and there's text messages yes in the book and when it's done 
by in duet style or they'll do only that section as a duet where she does all the lines and you do all the guy lines when mm-hmm. they're constantly saying viviana and then i say my lines and then yeah. you go steven and then I, and then back and forth i'm like well you should know who's talking because i'm the yeah. one talking <laughs> so i'm like drop the names on those tags yeah. when it's a text message yeah again there's a lot of that, that's something that is that has come up in like in in the audiobook community as well mm-hmm. as like because you know obviously you you want to honor what's on the page mm-hmm. but a lot of times that's meant for the eyes yes and when you yeah. when you when you bring the voice into it you don't necessarily need that so that yeah there have been times where and 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 99% of the time the author is cool with it mm-hmm. where they're just like yeah that's i had to write that person's name text because yeah i've done so many text message conversations um or email you know or whatever mm-hmm. where it's uh i'm like yeah if i were reading this i would need that but can we kind of you know for the sake of this this other way of reading we can drop that because obviously if i'm speaking in my you know it, then it's me and you hopefully by then you've i've i've established the fact that now this is what the woman sounds like mm-hmm. or this is what the other guy sounds like or whoever when i do that voice that's them texting mm-hmm. yeah and i think a lot of authors nowadays are starting to when they know they're going to do it in audio even if they potentially think they're going to be doing an audio they'll start writing it a little bit different with less tags yes. um, or they when they include the tags then when they turn in the script because i've done those when i've had to update the scripts for people yep they will say that just remove the tags or just you know the, the notes of the narrator is say the first time when it's in a text message and then just go on afterwards yep. you don't exactly have to, so that's good you have mentioned that you have done a lot of contemporary romance is there um because romance is an umbrella term and we have all these awesome subgenres underneath it you know as you were saying urban fantasy sci-fi yep um is there one in particular that you love to perform um it's uh, i i i like I like sci-fi. I like horror. Uh, those are two genres that I like to read in my recreationally. Mm-hmm. So whenever that comes up or like, you know, period pieces, you know, things like that. Um, I did, you know, like a colonial male, male romance. Uh, I did a Willa Cather, um, who, you know, not, I wouldn't consider her contemporary, but, uh, uh, you know, like uh, she was, you know, of the Plains uh, romance. Uh, it took place in like the, you know, 19th century. Uh, those are fun, but yeah, like sci-fi and horror because it, it it adds this other element that that is really, really exciting to me if it's aliens. And and, and then I've also done like, you know, uh, fantasy, you know, dragon, mm-hmm. uh, vampire, things like that. Cause I'm like, that, that adds, you know, kind of this, that's, that's something that, again, in my spare time, it really excites me mm-hmm. um, when I'm reading, um, you know, if I'm, yeah, if I'm reading, uh, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings or something, and then I get a, a fantasy dragons, wizards, you know, magic powers, romance, it, it's kind of like, oh, all right. Cool. This I think also as an actor, you would like it because it broadens opportunities and possibilities as far as yeah. where you can take these characters too. As well. Yeah, it's also fun because you have a lo- you have a lot more uh, creative freedom when it comes to characters. Again, like I said, it can bite you in the ass. <laughs> you know, if you're like, oh, okay, well, this is a grizzled, 
you know, old alien, you know, prisoner or something. And he's, and he's having this conversation about how this, the protagonist will never get out of this, you know, godforsaken prison. And then, all right, that was amazing. That was so much fun to do this really raspy, disgusting, you know, like bizarre accent voice. And then that person breaks out of jail in the next book. And now they're the sidekick. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh. so, it, you know, it's, it, it, it jump, you know, it jumps around. So that's why I, I, I have to remind myself, like, I'll try out a new voice. I'll say, oh, this works perfect. But then remind myself like, okay, but if this does come up, you know, like in, in subsequent books, and sometimes you can, you know, you can ask in, uh, ahead of time, but a lot of times the, the, your, 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 your reading books as the author is writing them, so they don't even know. Yeah, you don't want to put a restriction. Say, listen, uh, could you keep this person out of the book if you want me to keep reading? It's like, no, you're not going to put up any kind of. It's the story goes where it wants to go, and the author does what they want to do. Um, but that's one where I've, you know, I, it's cool to do like a, you know, a wind dragon voice or a, a mystic mythic queen <laughs> of of the swamp. You know, like things like that. It's it's kind of cool to have fun mm -hmm. that way because yeah then you feel you feel you feel like a little kid and i and i feel like i'm like the books that i used to listen to when i was little you know or usually just really you know like short books and things like that but those are know. always fun yeah. <laughs> yeah within the the romance and the genres there's now these tropes where it's like you know office romance or mm -hmm. enemies to lovers and you do a Love. lot of contemporary with all these different tropes is there one in particular that you is a favorite or that you're like oh yeah okay we'll do this one better you know um hmm. the the friends to friends to lovers is kind of fun if they have kind of like a really and this this kind of goes for both for enemies enemies to lovers and, and friends to lovers i like uh i like when they when they when they give each other shit yeah <laughs> i like when it's it's a friendship that's like you know you're almost like my brother mm -hmm, my sister. <laughs> yeah not not in like a you know in like a creepy way but when they're just so comfortable uh-huh yeah the person, and the person knows them so well and they just you know they, they have this really sassy you know, they're, they're best friends. And then inevitably, you know, like, oh my God, I, I'm in love, you know, and then, and then you see the switch mm -hmm. in their personality where it's like, why are you being so weird around me? You know, why can't you, why, why are you, you know, I, I think that's kind of fun because I just think what, you know, obviously when it's written well, it's very funny, those awkward, well, first of all, the, the, the repartee when they're still, you know, giving each other crap back and forth, mm -hmm. uh, Cause I have that kind of uh, personality. Like when I'm, when I meet people, I kind of, I'll, I'll throw out like sass and, and things like that, or I'll be sarcastic or I'll be, you know, it, it, I'll, I'll come across as like this mock asshole to see how they deal. And if they can tell that I'm joking mm -hmm. and then when they give it back, it's like, okay, now we're going to be friends. Cause we can, and I like kind of keeping that up. Um, you know, they have like these degrading nicknames for each other and things like that, which can then work work just as well with enemies. I like that when they legitimately yeah. don't like each other. And then all of a sudden they're like, shit, I, you know, the person either does something that that really redeems them or they, 
you know, they just, there's something really, they see this other side of the person mm -hmm. um, because of how they treat their grandmother or, you know, like whatever, whatever comes <laughs> out. And that, that can be really, really beautiful. Um, I think maybe, you know, cause I've had, I've had both in my personal life and I know that that kind of switch of like, oh, I, you know, I could never, you know, I could never have a crush on, you know, Charlene. She's, she's a friend. We go roll, you know, we do all that. We play video games. She's like one of the guy, you know, like that type of thing. And then, you know, flash forward a couple of years in puberty and you're like, <laughs> I, I really, really like her. <laughs> yeah. I can't say anything. Cause I don't want to ruin. Friendship. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. As the girl that was usually surrounded by the guys, because I was that girlfriend, you know, that friend that was, I got along better with the guys than I did with yep. the girls. There was always that one that you're like crushing on and you're going, that will not ruin the friendship. Will not ruin the friendship. You dick yeah. wad. <laughs> Give yeah. me the king console <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's just like, and that's when you have to be extra mean to them for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Just to be like, you're still one of the guys. You're still not totally crushing on you. Yep. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> difficult where you're like what the why can't i go back to uh yeah or there's also those moments too where i think it's funny when that especially in the rom-coms when it's starting off and you're like being told by your friend that oh you guys would make a great couple and you start listing all the reasons why and most of them is one of those like no they're they're no the way that they just are to this or they're to that and stuff like that and then you're going that's nah, not so bad actually yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's the banter is great. Yeah, yeah. When when two when people are like thrown together in a situation that they're just not supposed to be, if it if it's like you know if it's a class thing, like sometimes that's the you know job or, or it's somebody's bodyguard. Mm -hmm. Um, you know if if it's like like you're saying if it's a rom com, usually if it's not, if it's a more kind of dramatic romance and it's a serious kind of thing, then that's a little bit different. But yeah, but but the rom, but the ones that have a real sense of humor about them, uh, a real almost like awareness mm -hmm. about them. Those are the ones that I really, I really like. And there, yeah, and there are some, there are some authors that it, it we, I just, we just get each other. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I just love the way that they write, you know, dialogue obviously is really, really important. That's probably my favorite because, you know, as an actor, you just love to have those real, those conversations those interactions and so much is is revealed uh through that sort of thing but sometimes the the you know from the first person that's usually you're talking about like what i like like i first person is always my favorite is always the easiest i like doing the third person narration i've done that a lot with um with the with with the more fantastical or sci-fi horror type things but i really like you know this is the, the inner monologue mm-hmm type thing because it's 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 so revealing to what we say versus what we think you know like that type of thing where you're you're having a conversation with somebody but then you're thinking like i can't i you know i just can't stop looking at her eyes i can't stop you know he he has he has such a you know beautiful muscles and i can't i can't be thinking that you know like it's like that yeah it's those moments too when like she looks at him and she, and she realizes oh he has abs and yeah. you know or he looks at her and he's like boobs <laughs> yeah. yeah or it's just like yeah it's just like that that inevitable you know like he's trouble yeah mm -hmm. trouble where you're just like oh shit you you have this yeah you, they have that conversation where yeah a lot of times it's it's 
physical or I like it when it's, you know, when it's first, like it starts with something intellectual or, mm-hmm. or I don't like, oh my God, I never realized that you like that sort of thing. And then it's like, and she has boobs. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Just like, I never know. I never noticed. Or, you know, you get the, the, she's all that moment where usually you, you know, she's, she's your, she see her in sweatpants Mm-hmm. and you know a huge like t-shirt or something and then she gets dressed up and you're like oh my god you yeah know? or the opposite or they're used to seeing them in their really sharp you know, pants, pants suit and then you see them in and just their pajamas and you're like oh all right mm-hmm. usually jeans yes. um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i will say though that um uh, from a girl that wears glasses those those moments where she's all she does is take the glasses off and all mm-hmm. of a sudden she's hot to him. I'm going, yeah, tried that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Superman. Yes. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. What? Yeah. Huh. Exactly. Yeah. Those, those moments are hilarious. Um, when it comes down to having these conversations with you guys, I will reach out to some friends online and just say, hey, you know, I'm going to be talking to Stephen today. And do you guys have any questions and stuff like that? And Brittany Cunningham was like, oh, I love him. And I'm going, OK, great. Do you have any questions? <laughs> um, and she's like, yeah. So she says, I've enjoyed your work in more serious roles, as well as titles that show off your comedic timing. As an actor, do you find one easier or comes more naturally than the other? Uh, well, hello, Brittany. That's a great question. I, uh, I, I would probably say, and we've kind of touched on a mm-hmm. little bit, I think the comedic ones, um, because my, my thing is that, and again, you, you, can, you, you can only go from who you are uh, and you just activate the different aspects of your of yourself and and things like that and, and which one you want to emphasize i i was always you know like i said like the nerd the dork the class clown i had very very um i was shorter than a lot of my male counterparts i was i had very thick glasses because one of my eyes uh i was born it, my left eye turned in so i needed really thick glasses before they could do the surgery uh, really, really fast. So I needed really thick glasses to basically pull my left eye muscle straight. Uh, and then I had a big gap in my teeth. Um, and so I did, I wasn't, I, and I was, you know, kind of, I had a lot, I had female friends, but I was scared to kind of, uh, again, speak up about my crushes. So I would go about it with humor and I would be like, okay, I'll make, I'll make you laugh. And that'll be kind of be my way of, of, uh, of, uh, establishing myself and making it. So, so the guys that, uh are are kind of enter in with humor mm-hmm. and and like i said kind of chiding playfully teasing uh their either male love interest or female interest and then there's like this deeper side that's revealed this more vulnerable side that's revealed that that i really i really really like um which which is most of the of the even even the funny ones, you know, because you can only be goofy and funny for so long. Where it's like, well, what else is there to you? You know, and I'd be one of those people, you know, it's just always on. Um, I mean, as far as leads, sometimes there's the goofy, you know, uh, comedic relief supporting character. But I I really really like the guys that are really funny and and seem like they're just always happy and and in a good mood. 
but then you talk to them and you find out that like they have some there's some serious baggage uh and that they are more than just you know a goofy voice more than just good for a laugh mm -hmm. um i like that although but there are you know there are some more dramatic role obviously like you know like a good argument um is always fun uh you know if it's a father confronting his son if it's uh, or a son confronting his father or the patriarch uh or you know the scene of of betrayal where you know it's it's a, a a male female or a male male and it's just like how could you do this to me um yeah that's really the, i mean it, those are those are fun. arguments are fun Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I've had scenes that have brought me to tears with with uh, with people who are sick, uh, people who are on their on the verge of death. Um, yeah, so it, it, and it's tough because uh, because again, it's it's like the funny ones. Yeah, they're really and and that's very close to who I am. So maybe that's the easiest to connect to. Mm -hmm. But then, obviously, when you're like. I'm I'm crying like I've had to stop because I'm like I can't cry that much I can't it, it first of all I'm making a mess all over my pop screen <laughs> you know but but like I can't it some you know again sometimes you gotta you start like, mumbling when you get that yeah, emotional you gotta, and you're going gotta, I can't do that <laughs> you gotta kind of you know like pull it back so it's mm -hmm. but there have been scenes that have been written so beautiful and then you know they're just things they're just things in life that um Hit make different. me very very emotional and then there are things you know things like in movies i i've had i there's something about father son like reconciliation mm -hmm. scenes um you know where a where a son is is visiting his father if he's sick or on his deathbed there's been one where like you know kids had um special needs uh kids were in hospitals and things like that uh, you know, I worked, I worked in a group home with kids that had, uh, special like, socio, uh, developmental, like de behavioral disorders and things like that. So it has a, a, a soft spot. I, I have a soft spot for that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's, it's both depending on what the, well, depending on what the serious scene is, but usually pretty unanimously, if it's a goofy guy who then gets to show, a deeper side that's usually my favorite yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. well yeah i mean it's especially if you could connect with them because that's a little bit goofy how you are and stuff like that as you mentioned yeah, yeah. something else too that you were talking about now i'm just curious and that's something that i always ask um when I, when i meet new people is because i tend to give out terms of endearment and nicknames to people mm -hmm. and that's kind of like my love language a little bit okay. um like if you get one, you know, I really like you. Um, <laughs> not that that means I don't like anyone that doesn't have one. Cause I'm going to get that. Not someone's going to, someone's going to text me uh, <laughs> in romance in these books, they use them a lot, you know, like, Hey honey. Yep. And the, the characters come up with different things, depending on the, the dynamics and things like that. Do you actually use them in, in real life? Oh yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um well my fiance we we call oh god we uh well this is that whole thing about I, i'm i'm opening up to you see what i mean <laughs> i was going oh i didn't know you were engaged and do you want to share this and uh ooh, what's yeah, that name? <laughs> no, I, call her, <laughs> I call her uh shmoo mm -hmm. <laughs> and she calls me shming 
<laughs> and I don't really remember necessarily where that started, but that's probably the most frequent. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what, what I, do you do my, them with friends or is it just significant others? Uh, it's, I have, you know, yeah. Friends that have kind of like, uh, uh, nicknames, um, it's more significant others. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like someone who I, 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 I like, you know, like, you know, like there's, there's the, there's the, the go-tos, but my father, my father gave us and my mother, uh, my, my, I have a younger sister. Uh, he gave us such weird nicknames. They were like, you know, cause sometimes you like, you give a nickname and it's in reference to like, oh, because they, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, all-star, you know, because he plays baseball. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's in reference to something that you do. Yeah. <laughs> or you're good at. Uh, my father would come up with these really weird names and I had, and I would be like, dad, where the hell did that come from? And why? And he's like, I don't know. I mm -hmm. don't know. You're just, you know, like my growing up, uh, my sister, well, this, this does have, it's, he, he used to call her uh, keeper or like keep keep or keep us. Uh, and I guess it's because when she was first born, he said, she's a keeper. <laughs> and so it's like, he would call her keep, but then he would, you know, come with all these like variations of it. Um, he would call, you know, obviously my name is Steven, but he would call me Stefanovich. <laughs> uh, he would call me and then he had this really weird one it was yate come and he spelled it one time because he put it on a funny wanted poster we went to like a frontier <laughs> town and he spelled it y-a-a-t space c-o-m-e <laughs> and i would ask him what what is that what is that I, he's like steven i have no idea mm -hmm. so i think like i kind of picked up on that that like yes there is the you know, um, a variation of the person's name or, you know, honey, sweetie, mm -hmm. you know, like we use, we use babe and, and things like that. But, you know, I'm like, no, it's gotta be so schmoo and schming. Yeah. I, yeah. Think she, I think she just immediately responded with schming. And I was like, all right, this, yeah, this is why it works. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, there's some, there's some that it, that come up in the, in the audio books that I, I really, really, really like. They're really creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those yeah, are always fun. <laughs> I remember um funny story when I with my kid the first time I, I got hey Peter come over and he was like oh I got a nickname and I'm going yeah you got a nickname and then a few months later and he goes hey mom why are you calling me Peter it's like for the pita bread and I go no it's pain in the ass <laughs> and he goes okay <laughs> so he walked off Aww. and it's like now he even signs the cards to me sometimes love your dearest Peter. <laughs> uh, that's really cute. Yeah. Oh, never heard yeah. That. But I, I'll have friends that I, that there's certain ones that I do like, there's one specifically that I like, Hey, handsome, or the one that's called, you know, Hey, love and stuff like that. Or just again, just things that come out once in a while and things like that. But like my sister is like, Hey, pain, I'm like, shut up. Um, <laughs> yeah. I call my, you know, stinker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a friend of mine, uh, we always say my darling, mm -hmm. my darling, my, my, my guy friend, just because he has this, he, he has such a, um, beautiful, like resonant voice. He's done a lot of like Shakespeare and classic theater. He's got this beautiful, 
uh, voice. And, and, it, and he has like this kind of like old Hollywood quality to him. Mm -hmm. So I, I started it because of, you know, like the, you know, like, uh, like Zsa Zsa Gabor, you know, like my darling, mm. darling, darling, you know, like, oh, come <laughs> out, like Gloria Swanson, like old black and white movies and things. So he just reminded me. So like whenever we text and, and things like that, I was always my darling. How are you, my <laughs> darling? <laughs> Yeah, I have one like that. I say, hey, handsome. And he goes, hey, darling. <laughs> so that's, you know, friendships. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's always like the, the, some of these authors get really creative. And I'm going, oh, I wish I would have thought of that. Or they'll start using them too. All my friends are like, what book have you been reading? I'm like, huh. <laughs> feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're not working, what do you do for fun? Uh, very young. I do like to read when I'm not reading. Uh, I like I like to be in nature. I like going on uh, hikes. I like um, I like playing video games. Mm -hmm. uh, I try to I try to make sure that I keep a cap on that because you said you're a gamer, right? Yeah, in my younger years and stuff like that. But even now with the iPhones and stuff like that, there's a game I'm going, ooh, yeah, yeah it's been a few hours. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah. You can get carried away. Uh-huh. And it, time can, can slip away from you. And so especially when it's, you know, like right now we're getting into like nicer weather and obviously everything's in bloom, you know, post-COVID. Uh I want, I'm like, I want to take advantage of, I have games that I have not played. I bought them like a year ago and I have not played them because I know that once I start, I won't be able to stop. So it's like, it's like, I will, I will keep that one aside until it's gray and cold again. That is true. Um, but, but yeah, I like to do that. I like to go to the movies. I like, um, I don't know. I like I like new experiences. I like I like ad adventures. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I like to travel. Mm. I really I I um, I had never really gone anywhere. All that my my parents, you know, we didn't we didn't have a, a lot of money when I was growing up, so we didn't go on big, you know, lab. I didn't go to Disney World until I was way too old for Disney World. <laughs> Some but, would say there's no such thing, by the way, but <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, 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 when we went, I, what I will say, I was a little too old for Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad that I went because I got to see like the, you know, Cinderella's Castle, and I got to have that. But, but there were, I think I went on maybe two or three rides. Uh, that whole day, my sister, my sister's uh, almost four years younger than me. So she was kind of more in the like, okay, uh, there might've been more rides that I went on reluctantly. I, was, I, I would never have gone on, but I did. But, but then like, you know, there's, there's so many different parks down there and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So like MGM was really, really cool. And then I remember we went back a couple of years later, we skipped Magic Kingdom and just did like Universal Studios uh, and things like that. But um, we had been up, I'd been to, from Montreal all the way, excuse me, down to Florida um, on different road trips and things like that. Uh, and then we went to Puerto Rico went in 2011, which was a lot of fun and which, you know, was, wasn't, you know, it's, it's basically a state. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a combo. So it's not really, a, it's not a foreign country, but it feels like it. Uh, and 
so that was that was really really cool that was a lot of fun i never been i'd never seen like you know the, uh, like a sea you know like the the caribbean down there it's i it only been like you know the the atlantic ocean um so that was different to see that beautiful water uh but then when you know my my fiance is a what they call a diplo brat because her father worked for the uh you know it was like army brat she was mm-hmm. a diplo because her father worked for uh the foreign service and then later the state department so she was born in chile hmm. and then lived in bolivia uh South Africa, Zimbabwe, um, Guatemala, Virginia for a little while, and then she moved to New York to go to NYU uh, for college. So she just has this this wanderlust of just traveling and things like that. And I had never really like, yeah, like I'll I'll go to Europe. So, but she's like, no, we if you're gonna if we're gonna be together. <laughs> we have to, we have to travel. So uh, the first time we went to um, uh, to Barcelona in in 2018, and I just was like, oh my god, this is what I've been missing. Mm-hmm. So from then, and we that's where we got engaged uh, was Aww. in Barcelona, and then uh, the following year we went to Paris, and then last year, and sadly we were going to go to Italy, but we had to postpone that um and then for our honeymoon we're going to be going to south africa because she that's where you know she grew up spent a significant amount of her life so we're going to check that out but but that's just something that has become you know recently just something that i'm like this this is incredible it's Mm -hmm. it's just so much fun to uh, and then, oh, and then when I went to to Japan, I, I guess that's technically went before Barcelona, but that was, but that was, you know, for work. Um, it's different, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we did. I did get to enjoy myself quite a bit, but we were. It was a touring, you know, we were touring the touring the place, so it was really kind of, you know, it was in and out of a lot of the the cities. Um, but I said it's it's nothing. Nothing is is a greater other than maybe space travel. Really gives you that kind of perspective of of how big this place is mm-hmm. and 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 just how to and how to learn and accept i remember you know like going to going to japan and i was by myself i mean i had the the cast was basically consisted of all japanese actors i had a couple of them were around my age so they you know they were they were uh, fluent in english um i had an englishman who had been teaching japanese who was like my like interpreter and we worked on the script together because the script was written in Japanese and then translated. So I kind of helped make it a little more uh, natural. Uh, But I was basically there by myself. I spent a lot of time by myself exploring. And it was the first time that like, I, I was a minority. I mean, I would, where I was, I was like the only white guy, you know, like walking around and to have that kind of perspective for the Mm -hmm. first time in my life was very interesting um, and it wasn't like, you know, obviously what it wasn't, it was nothing like terrible that happened, but just that sense of other, mm-hmm. uh, of like, I'm, I don't, you know, I, I feel like every, I, it was, it was a, you know, it was, it was a, it was a very interesting, uh, experience that was very, uh, educational and, and then obviously, and then just learning the different things about, about that culture on my own and also from these you know, the, the, the friends that I had in the cast that also spoke English that I could, you know, uh, and, and then the ones that couldn't, that would then talk to me through ones that could Mm -hmm. (laughs) friends that could, so I could, we could still communicate 
um, and I could learn about them and about these different places in the history of, and also just to be surrounded by things that have been around for so much longer than like anything man-made in America. Like just to be in Japan where something that was like a thousand years old, 2000 years old, and in Barcelona where the city's under the city, you know, and I don't know, it's just, it really starts to broaden the, the horizons. <laughs> it definitely feeds your sense of adventure. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. That, that was such a great, yeah. It's just so cool. Cause I'm like, yeah, there's amazing, you know, uh, uh, I've always had a fascination with history and like, you know, and being in Connecticut, there was, I would go to a lot of museums. My parents were always really good about taking my sister and I to the different science museums and dinosaurs and art and things like that. Um, so, you know, there were, and obviously there's, there are natural structures that are very old, but just mm -hmm. to be, you know, in front of something that was built by human hands thousands of years ago. Yep. And that's still where it is. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, there's nothing. Yeah. Or like these temples that they took me to in Japan, it was, you know, it, it's just, it's fascinating. You're, you're hit by such a sense of like power. <laughs> yeah. And that there's other stuff that's greater than you. It's really funny. exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's the big lesson is that mm -hmm. like, it's so much, but you know, not it. Yeah. It was just mm -hmm. such a sense of, of like where your, your place mm -hmm. in this, in this life and on this planet. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then in the, you know, the blink of an eye situation where, you know, they never probably people that were making this wall, for an example, never thought that we fast forward, would be looking at yeah. that wall, exactly. you know, and how the impact is of what we do today impacts tomorrow. It's a lot of lessons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite word? Ooh. <laughs> uh, God, this changes. <laughs> this changes. That that that's something that my fiance and I do as well because we both she she's a a writer as well and we both have a love of you know we both love to read that we will throw out words we think are great that we just saw. So like, I'll be, you know, like reading and, and I'll just, cause she, you know, we, you know, I, I have my booth at, at, at my home in my apartment and she has her office in her, in our apartment, but I'll be like in the living room uh, and I'll be reading or something and I'll shout out, you know, chrysanthemum is a great <laughs> word. And she'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, like sometimes it's, it's, but then there's other words where we don't, we don't under, uh, we never heard it before. We don't know what it means and we'll define it for each other. Or it'll be, it'll come up in a book. A lot of times I'll mm -hmm. be, you know, reading it and then I'll take a break or when I'm done for the day and I'll say, you know, this, this is a really, really great word. Um, a lot of times I, I practice, uh, uh, transcendental meditation. I do it every morning and, uh, it's been great because on zoom, the the head of the the David Lynch Foundation, which is a big TM group, it uh, uh, he 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 does the 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 meditations, guided meditations on Zoom, and he begins and ends every meditation with like, "Did you know?" Hmm. Like, and it's like all it's like here's this word that we can't translate, and it's there's so many beautiful like it's it's I look forward to that as much as the actual, you know. Meditation. meditation itself is like what poem or what thing is he get? And a lot of times he'll come up with really, and I'll, I can't wait to tell her when I'm done <laughs> about what I learned. But I think my favorite word that has really probably had the, the most longevity is citrus. Huh. I really, I love oranges. It's my favorite fruit mm -hmm. of all time. And I just love the word citrus 
uh, conjures refreshment and sweetness and and delicious taste and sunshine. I think of like an orange and that bright that bright color. And when you cut it, cut into it, it's just a very um, pleasant mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it totally. What's your favorite curse word? Um, <laughs> You're like, damn it! I knew she was gonna ask me that. <laughs> um, oh, boy, <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. I'm trying to think. I'm even, you know, go back to our conversation about mm-hmm. languages. I'm I'm going to like other language. If there's like a, ah, oh, man. Hmm. I really don't know. I mean, you know, obviously like the, the, oh God. <laughs> it's okay. Well, we can always, you know, when you come back, later, yeah. I'll ask yeah. you again I, and say, I, so, okay. So you didn't give me it the last time. So now that you're back, you've had more time to think about it. Okay. What's your word? <laughs> let me, let me, yeah. Let me get back to you on that one. Yeah. No, I did. I did think that that was going to, that has come up before. And I, I did think that, that you were going to ask that, but I, it's, it's so difficult because yep. there's, you know, we were talking about like, yeah, the versatility of, of fuck, but. Yep. Uh, I know, especially when you have other languages under your umbrella too. It's like, oh, okay. So don't worry. You'll think about it later on. We'll, okay. we'll catch up with another day and uh, have you back. And, uh, and then I'll ask again. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> cool. Yep. So we've reached the game portion of our chat. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yes. And I did give him homework. Uh, <laughs> It's more fun that way. The game that we've been playing with guests has been Two Truths and a Lie, where you tell us three things about you and one of them, you know, is a lie. We have to figure out which one that is. I like to think that the listeners are playing along. So in the comments, let me know what you thought was the lie and uh, we'll go from there. So whenever you're ready. Okay. Uh, I have swam with great white sharks. Uh I have obsessive compulsive disorder. I have been on my knees in front of Paul Rudd. Wow. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is also the issue when you do give the homework, they have time to think about this. They can press pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just figure out, hmm, let's see. Hmm. Okay. Swim with great white. And then this is also the other thing, too. It's like huge thing. And then you have OCD or you have this other one. It's like, and it's so specific. You're going, okay, mm-hmm. where do we go? Do we go with the out, you know, completely like out there option? Or do we go with like, this is way too far a fetch for this to be true? <laughs> no, you, you tried a whole bunch of different ones. I was like, oh, I don't want it to be so obvious. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like these are good because they're all kind of wacky. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, damn it. And stifled. Um been on your knees in front of Paul, isn't it? Is a lie? Is a lie? Yeah. No. Okay. I see there's a story there. <laughs> <laughs> then I would think that uh the swimming with the sharks is the lie then. That's correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I should have gone with uh-huh. that. That was my gut feeling. Yeah. Like that. That mm-hmm. is something that I almost gave that away because that's something that I hope to do in South Africa. Mm, okay. I said to my fiance, I was like, we guys like, you don't have to, she wants to, to do it. But I was like, I'm, I have to get into a cage. They're my favorite, my two favorite animals. I mean, besides, you know, like dogs, 
um, are manatees mm-hmm. and great white sharks. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope to swim with them both. And I think, you know, obviously manatee, that, that's, that's, I mean, you go down to Clearwater, you know, Florida and yeah, they're all and around. Do that, but I'm like, oh my God, great white. And she wants to go to South Africa. So I'm like, well, I got to get into a cage. Yeah. <sighs> hope that goes well and that you have fun. Thank you. Uh- <laughs> I look picture. forward to seeing all the photos and the and the yeah. and the, the chats there afterwards. <laughs> about it on the news. <laughs> yeah, romance narrator goes to South Africa on a honeymoon and finds a completely new experience. <laughs> Eat me whole. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> the, you know, sharks have a negative personalities. It's the same. I I say it. You know, same similar to like pit bulls. Yes. People are all constantly thinking that these are these horrible creatures that they have bad temperaments and stuff like that. And when it comes down to sharks, you are invading their territory oh, yeah. and then you're throwing food at them. Yep. You're not going to go like, hmm, that's a human. So I'm not going to bite you yep. because the stakes over there. And people need to start thinking that when it comes down to these things that you're invading their land, you know, their area and uh, mm-hmm. you're jumping into their world. And now, yeah, 50, 50 chance. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, like, that's the thing is you want to you want, you want to be very and, and her father actually brought up the facts. And, and we, we, you know, because you want to be very careful because what a lot of places do is they will they'll chum. Yeah. They'll like, lure the sharks to the cages which that's something I don't want to do because that's when they associate food with humans. Mm-hmm. And that's not, you know, when you're, when you're throwing, you know, out a, 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 a big shank of meat at the end of a line so that you can, you know, get a picture for these, you know, people from New York, <laughs> like that's, that's when it's, that's when it gets into a kind of, you know, a little dangerous because, and then that, that, that can encourage them to attack. Yeah. Because same same thing in to a, to another extent with manatees, how when you're with them, you can't touch them. Yeah, because they'll learn to trust. Because that's how they're they're fortunately they don't have any predators. Mm-hmm. Kind of rule in those in the in the in the streams and and rivers that they you know float <laughs> float in, but but human beings are the ones that they have to because they come to the surface and people hit them with their boats. Yep. Or they you know which is how I fell in love with them was a report I did when I was in fourth grade. I still remember like feeling so, so bad when you see the scars and, you know, and, and things like that, that all the videos that I see of, unless they're like professional scientists and they're tagging them or taking care of them, they, you know, people have their arms like crossed over their chest and they'll come, you know, manatees will come right up to their face and sit, but you can't touch them because then when they see boats, they'll associate that with friendliness and food and, Mm-hmm. And they'll come to the surface and they'll, they're more likely that they'll get, they'll get hurt. Um, but same, yeah, same with sharks. So we, we, we haven't, haven't looked so specific, you know, cause we're, we're getting married next year. So I'll, I'll probably start looking and see how far ahead these things. Uh, get out. Yeah. But, um, but to make sure that wherever we go, it's, th- this is just where they are. Mm-hmm. This is just where they're they're swimming. We're not, and we're just observing. I'm not. I don't want to like affect their by like you know tempting them to the surface. And I'd like to go someplace where we can just quietly observe them in their natural. And and if we don't see any, we only see what you know. I don't. I don't want to go to a place where it's like, yeah, you're guaranteed to see them because we're throwing all sorts <laughs> of stuff around our boat. Yeah. And now you know. So yeah, yes, no. we're we're gonna make sure that's a very okay. humane 
uh, kind of thing. Because you're absolutely right. Yeah, they have such a, you know, it's like Jaws is such an amazing movie, but uh, it really gave them a, <laughs> a bad, bad, bad rap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, They're so beautiful and, and curious. And yeah, so like, that's what I, it's not, it's it's just a really, a, and and like you were saying, like an aspect of, of, of same reason I, you know, you love traveling to other countries is to be in a place where you don't, usually like this is not my territory mm -hmm. and I'm not I'm not negatively affecting it I'm simply visiting mm -hmm. and you have to be respectful of that so yeah that's what I'm I'm hoping to just see them and share the the water with them and then yeah be very grateful that they <laughs> they decide to to show up yeah so <laughs> so you mentioned um a report of, about uh, manatee so when I was doing research there was a video clip of you talking about manatees being your yeah. favorite animal that yeah. was true yeah yeah that yeah. was a that was a, a short film yeah that i that i wrote that yeah that was that was that was actually <laughs> i think i even said yeah that's basically what i say in that yeah you were like you know fourth grade i think or something like that you did a research yeah, you yeah, named the manatee and everything <laughs> yeah, first one. yeah yeah, yeah. But, oh my uh, goodness that's yeah cute. yeah that when i yeah they're, they're <laughs> it's so funny the thing you things you remember you're like oh, i was just a but I, I loved doing research on, on animals when I was little. So, mm -hmm. and that was just one that really, they, they just really stayed with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was watching the video and you got this like gleam in your eye, but mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, how, you know, acting, um, yeah. uh, and, and the conversation was between you and this other woman and, uh, you know, about your favorite animal and you like manatee. And then uh, she asked you like, if you could be any animal, would you be like manatee? And it kind of goes from there. And I'm going, this is so cute. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And at the same time I'm going, that's the conversation I have with a, I would have with a friend. Um, I did not know that was real. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, before we go, can you tell us a little bit about what you're currently working on? And if you can share, of course, and what you come out, what you have coming out next. Vivi talk for, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so currently I am, uh, I, like I said, I'm finishing up the, uh, bootleg spring series, which is a six book, uh, series that Claire Kingsley and Lucy score, who I've done, uh, both I've done books for both of them, uh, individually, they collaborated on this. So it's, and I, and they're two of my favorite writers to work with. So, uh, that I'll, I will be finishing up, I think the book six, uh, highball, rush should be out i think in mid to late june uh and then i'm really excited to be uh in june i believe working on my first uh, lauren blakely book mm -hmm. which that'll be a lot of fun she's changed the title of it and that's one of those things where i don't know if i can say it yet yep no worries uh, okay <laughs> but, uh, but i will be yeah i will be working with uh, with lauren blakely which is great uh, I've, you know, I, I love her, her work and, and, um, and I've been wanting to work with her for a long time. You know, you see the, what the, uh, what a lot of my, my, um, fellow narrators, the authors that they work with, and you try to kind of like say, okay, I haven't worked with so-and-so yet and things like that. But, um, those are probably the two, as far as, uh, audiobook things, uh, that I'm working on, but, um, but yeah, I have, I have, I I'm, I'm, I'm always, always so, so lucky to, to work with so many great writers and I, and I have work lined up for, for quite a while. Um, 
so yeah, as long as as long as people keep uh, enjoying it and and listening, um, then I will keep doing it. It's it's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and and a lot and you know, like I said, a lot of these authors are just they're so great and and they just keep coming. You know, when you they keep wanting to uh, to use you, and then when you'll hear from one author like so and so recommended you. And it's another author that I love. It's one of those, you know, like you're like, oh, well, then I know I'm going to love you if you're friends with this person. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much, Stephen, for uh, coming to and being part of this uh, Audiobook Loving series for June. And um, everyone, thank you for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this interview as well as the series. So until next time, happy listenings. The Audiobook Loving Podcast has special Patreon incentives. Join today to receive early access to podcast episodes, exclusive content with our guests, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin. Thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' series, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to this series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program. 